KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is part two of a KYW News Radio in depth series called Facts Over Fear, presented by Independence Blue Cross. I'm Carol McKenzie. For people who have spent the last two years doing everything they can to be safe in this pandemic, this is a really scary moment. Omicron has taken off in this country. A lot of people are getting sick, and the fear of this virus can be paralyzing. Dr. Brian McDonough is our medical editor here at KYW News Radio. Dr. Brian, what would you say to people who are looking around right now and they're scared, but they really don't want to live in fear again? They don't want to allow this virus to keep them um, from living their lives? Well, first of all, I think, Carol, the thing is, the difference between this time last year and this year is literally 458 million doses of vaccine. We have a society who has chosen, those who have chosen, that are highly vaccinated. And the protection against Omicron is dramatic. If you are fully vaccinated and you've gotten boosted, and in my mind, I think fully vaccinated should include boosted. If you do that, you might get some sickness, some mild viral symptoms like you'd get with any other virus, but you're not going to end up in the hospital, the ICU, and worse. And I think that is the first thing you should be optimistic about. The second thing is, Think about what's been done in the last year from the standpoint of of medicine and the developments. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So that's going to continue. I mean, this is the key issue of our age, and therefore more and more research and work will be done to provide that protection. We also know that wearing masks and social distancing when we had nothing worked. So masks and social distancing work. And then the final piece, which I think is going to be the new thing that we're going to have to deal with is testing and the degree of testing we want and when to use it. I mean, what you're seeing in sports right now is that if you test everybody every day with Omicron, you're going to get a lot of positive cases in people who don't even know they have the virus. And that, of course, raises concerns. And it raises concerns because we're worrying about those not vaccinated who could get very sick still. I mean, that really is the big worry. If everybody was vaccinated, Omicron wouldn't be spreading as fast. And even if it did, you, you'd be having minor cases and the hospitals wouldn't be full. So it sounds harsh, but if you've been fully vaccinated and you are you know, doing the right things, the odds are overwhelming that you will do well. That's the thing that's different. What we need to do is try to reach those you know, who have, who have chosen not to get vaccinated and explain to them why this layer of protection is helpful. And that's going to take some time and hopefully, um, you know, we'll make strides. And that's really what you got to do, meet people with the questions they have and answer. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, we cannot sustain living like we have in the past year as far as fear and concerns. It's, it's just not good for your overall health. And what I would say is we almost have to put COVID in the same basket, we put cancer, heart disease, uh, you know, all the other things, automobile accidents, things that could happen. We have to kind of normalize it, accept it, and take the common sense precautions. So just like you want to quit smoking, or you don't want to drink to excess, or you don't want to drive fast on the road, or you want to wear a seatbelt, you should get your vaccine, 
and test when necessary and pick your spots you know, with family and friends. If you do that and accept it's a part of our life, whether we like it or not, it can be part of a healthy, happy life, and we won't have those numbers like we've had uh, that really have led to a, you know, a bit of PTSD in all of us. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point, that PTSD. I think there is that feeling of it's deja vu all over again, and how can we be here yet again? How can we be ringing in another new year under the cloud of COVID? And I think, you know, I've spoken with my wife at length about this. You know, I have to worry about what I come home with, not COVID. I have to worry. That's one worry. But I have to worry about, like, what you bring home. Like, are are you positive? Are you always talking about that subject? Are you worrying about it? Like, you kind of have to put things in buckets and still not miss out. Focus on the things that are important to you. Um, We may not be able to travel the way we did for periods of time here or there. We may not be able to, you know, go to sporting events or whatever for periods of time, but we will get those chances and we get those chances, we should grab them or come up with other things that are positive. I was talking to somebody who said, you know, as bad as COVID was, I really spent a lot of time with my family last year and we, we really got to know each other better in, in, in kind of a quiet environment. Uh, you know, and that there's there's some truth to that as well. It's just, it's unfortunately, it's, you know, our generation's, Uh, chief medical battle. But we've gotten through things before, and clearly we'll get through this. There's a doctor from Johns Hopkins who said, quote, this is a quote, all of us have a date with Omicron. If you're going to interact with society, if you're going to have any type of life, Omicron will be something you encounter. And the best way you can encounter this is to be fully vaccinated. Um, We've had to shift our mindset a lot during this pandemic. What do you think about that assessment? I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that this virus is spreading so rapidly that we could get it. Um, Remember, the key about the vaccine is if you're vaccinated, it protects you from getting very sick and all those problems, but it doesn't protect you from getting the virus. Um, So you still can get COVID. And it's just that when you get it, you won't be as sick. So the date could be a date that you'll forget. Or if you're not vaccinated, it could be a date that you remember forever in a negative way. That's probably the way I'd present it. I'm wondering, you said, you know, some people aren't going to get vaccinated. And at this point, how do you convince those holdouts? Because it's been a year since vaccines have been out. It's been a year that these, you know, this percentage of the population has refused to get vaccinated. And I'm wondering, how do you reach those people? And when when your patients, when you have patients who aren't vaccinated and still on the fence for whatever reason, at this point, how do you convince them to get one? Well, you know, I try to talk the facts, but we have learned with people over time, presenting people and, and throwing facts at them doesn't necessarily work. What works is answering their questions and answering their fears. So what I'll say is, you know, this is just the two of us. No one else is in the room. What is your concern about the vaccine? Please tell me. I mean, I won't try to refute you. I will try to give you information if I can. So if someone says, for instance, I don't know, I don't, I, you'll hear this a lot. I, the government shouldn't tell me what to do. You can say, well, no, you'll be making this choice yourself if you do this now. The government's not telling you what to do. Like, that's one option. Um, and think about it. Or I'm worried about this or that happening. A very common one is, I've gotten COVID, and because I have COVID, I'm protected. And then I can explain, you are 
for three or four months, and then that protection goes away, so you're starting out all over again. And we do know that if you've had COVID and you get it again, sometimes the symptoms are worse and everything's an individual case, you know, that type of a thing. And you just talk to people where they are. It, it's a very tough conversation. And I think just like I have to accept sometimes, you know, I see people for 10, 20 years and they continue to smoke cigarettes, there will be people who choose not to do this. And as long as I, I can live with myself, if I explain to them, you know, I don't want this to happen to you, but I just don't want you, you know, and it sounds trite, but it's true. We see it again and again. I don't want to see you in the ICU saying, oh my gosh, I wish I did this because then it's too late. And, and, and I don't try to throw fear at people, but I know in my own mind, if I've had that conversation and I've really honestly at least tried, I've done all I can. And I think that's what we have to do with our families and with others is just explain it and understand if they choose not to, you know, everybody makes choices and sometimes the choices aren't smart. And I wanted to talk about symptoms. I'm curious, is there a difference between symptoms from with people who are fully vaccinated versus people who have not been vaccinated? Are you looking for different things? In those who are fully vaccinated, there's often no symptoms at all. If you're fully vaccinated and boosted, it's almost like some people, let's say uh, a 22-year-old who might get it, they, they get sniffles and they don't realize there's nothing else. That's the thing that is good and bad. The good is that it protects you and you're not laid low uh, in many cases, but it also means you're out and about and don't even know you have it. So that's another reason why it spreads so fast. It It's spreading because there's a lot of people who don't know they have it, and by the time they know it, uh, they, they've spread it. So um, the advantage of vaccines is also, and we've seen this, if you get the virus, it only stays in your system a very short period of time. It doesn't linger because you know the antibodies you have produced through the vaccine kick it out and it's gone. If you get the virus when you're not vaccinated, even if you don't get sick, it lingers for a long period of time. It does damage in your body, which may be a problem in months or years, but it also uh, makes you spread it longer. So you, you're at greater risk to others. So let's talk about that because Christmas almost here, New Year's is you know right around the corner as well. So holidays are in full swing. Timing of the Omicron couldn't be worse. Um, Dr. Bedigal, uh, the city's health commissioner, saying basically you should not gather with people yet again outside your immediate household. And I'm wondering what your uh, advice is, because that that's the city's health commissioner. You know, should we all abide by that? Or if we're vaccinated and we don't have symptoms, is it OK to go to grandma's house? I think if everyone is vaccinated and boosted. You can go to your family um, if you feel like you've had no symptoms. And if you want to, if you really want to prepare, you can also do a home test or get tested just to make sure. Um, I think if you have someone who is high risk, who has not been vaccinated, uh, let's say a five-year-old or younger, you know, they, they can't get vaccines. If you, you've got a baby um, in those situations, if you're going to get together, I would make limited exposure and wear masks because you have someone who doesn't have the vaccine. Um, I'd be very hesitant of, uh, again, if someone in your family has not been vaccinated, if you bring them to an indoor event, even if they're vaccinated, even if they test negative, they have that virus longer and can spread it. That puts everybody at high risk.
Doctor, the U.S. government is taking some measures to respond to the Omicron surge. Uh, new testing sites, more people to administer vaccines, personnel for hospitals. Um, one of the things the Biden administration wants to do is send out 500 million um, home testing kits starting in January. And it's been a struggle to find these tests. Uh, right now, there are ridiculous lines at places that have them or in the city giving them out for free. So I'm wondering what your reaction is to these new steps that the president has just announced. Is it enough? Is it too late? Well, it's never too late because we always have to look towards the future. But I have been saying since the beginning, there's three components to this. One is obviously education, but the second and third are vaccines and testing. And testing is critical because testing lets you know how to limit spread of the virus. Um, the home tests we've talked about, they're limited in the sense that you have to have enough of the virus in you to test positive. So on day one, they might not be positive, but by day two or three, they could be. So I use an example of maybe people went to the games uh, on Tuesday evening. They go to the games. They're getting together for Christmas. You know, it might be a smart idea on Thursday or Friday to test yourself because if you were exposed at that game and you picked it up, it was two or three days later when you test, that would be a good use of a home test before you get together with family and friends because you at least have that comfort that three days out from the event, you at least tested negative. So that's a good use of the test. We're starting to see some shutdown, some events being canceled because of the rising cases. Do you think we're going to go back to that where uh, there's maybe at least a partial shutdown here? Um, you remember me last year saying I wanted the entire country to shut down for a period of time because we had no vaccines. We're in a different world now. If, in fact, you get a blast of cases like we're seeing right now in you know, Philadelphia, New York, the East Coast, we have to be much more careful. But again, remember, if you've been vaccinated, you're protected. What we're doing is largely for are those who are unvaccinated. And it's not for me to decide, but at a certain point, there has to be a decision made of, how much needs to be done to protect people who are making a choice not to get additional protection. And that's a very, very tough uh, decision to make because you you have to um, you know look at all those risk factors. But I think playing things smart, we know a lot of a lot of ways we can protect. we We just got to be careful at how we approach these things. Uh, Dr. McDonough, I want to go back and talk a little bit about uh, vaccines again and safety. There was some pretty interesting news a few days ago about the J&J vaccine when it when it comes to uh, a possible side effect. Were you surprised um, to hear about that? And were you surprised that the CDC went so far as to recommend Pfizer and Moderna over J&J? Well, what happened was they were talking about a syndrome called uh, thrombitis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. In big terms, they found out, at least initially, that there was one case in 500,000 where a person could develop a blood clot and one person actually died. After you know millions of doses, they actually found out that there were actually 54 cases and nine deaths. Now, the percentage is extremely low. I think it was one in 100,000 where this impacted. So it, it was a very negligible effect. But here's the good news. Moderna and Pfizer had three cases in 458 million doses. 
So you have something out there that is so safe. They were, they're directing people in that direction. And, and I think that's what they're looking at. Normally, it sounds horrible, but when we give people medications, we accept a bad outcome out of 100,000. In fact, we're very happy if it's only one out of 100,000 because of all the good it does for everyone else. It's just the way our bodies work. But if you've got something, a vaccine that's so good, um, you move in that direction. The other thing about J&J was it's, there's an advantage that it was one dose because that was a big thing. But then we found out it only really protected you for two to three months. So it was great to get that protection, but then you have a bunch of people out there who think they're protected and it, it's kind of worn off. Um, we now know that boosting is important. And if you're going to go through the trouble of boosting and doing that, go with the vaccines that are safer and more effective. So I think it was a combination. What I liked about what happened was, as a doctor, you know, prescribing these things and talking to patients, it's full disclosure. I mean, no one is hiding anything. So for those who have that, the government, I can't trust or whatever, we're seeing that there's full disclosure. Even at the risk of looking like feeding fuel that, see, these vaccines are not side effect free. What they're saying is, if there's one in 100,000, we're pulling it. And that tells you how serious they are about you know, protecting as many people. And, and again, when you talk about three cases and 458 million, I mean, I'd say go to Pfizer and Moderna as well if it's my family. Yeah, I, there's the freak out factor, though, right? People hear this about J&J and they think, oh, here we go. The vaccines aren't safe. You know, this is what I suspected all along. Kind of plays into that freak out factor. Yes, and in social media, there are people who play up on this thing. I mean, if I've seen it once, I've, I mean, I've seen it thousands of times. The vaccines aren't working because people have the vaccine and they get COVID. Well, that never was the promise of the vaccines. The only way you'd have a vaccine that doesn't give you COVID is if everybody got the vaccine, then nobody would get COVID. But until that happens, there's going to be cases. The promise of the vaccines was you're not going to get very sick and end up in the hospitals, and that's what we're seeing. This is an example of somebody could say, look at what happened. Look at the cases we've had here. Do you want a blood clot? You know, there's been nine cases or something, like, or 54 overall cases of problems. They can say that, but they won't mention, you know, the vast number of people who have been vaccinated. And that's where... Again, social media, if you, have an, if you have an axe to grind and you want to present things one way, uh, you can do it. And there's no cross-check. You know, in, in, in the news business, you know, when we're doing news, you have to have both sides. But when it's opinion, when it's social media, when it's driving for ratings, you know, people will say things that get eyeballs. Dr. Brian, I think, you know, when we were, uh, when I was thinking about talking to you today, I thought, oh, my gosh, it just seems like we spoke yesterday and about some of these same issues, um, maybe even before, though, the vaccines were, were out there. And it's stunning to me that we are still having these conversations and that we are now nearly two years into this pandemic. And I'm wondering if you could share your thoughts over the last year, your reflections on um, where we've been and perhaps even where we're heading. Well, first of all, we tend to focus on the negatives, you know, that people aren't getting vaccinated, we're divided as a country. I also see the other side. I mean, I've seen so many people who have thrown themselves out there, whether they're healthcare providers, whether they're working in, you know, the stores, whether they're 
traveling and delivering service, people have put themselves at risk because they want things to be better and they want to share and do well. So I take a lot of energy from the good in people and focus on that. I think we, if we're going to get or if we're going to get a real handle on this, we have to do a better job at educating. We unfortunately we have to do a better job with our leaders that they actually stop, you know, staying in their club and fighting the other club. That we got to kind of look at the greater good, um, and we got to get that out of our leaders because we really need strong leadership, and we really need to be understanding. You know, understand why people make the choices they do, and try to explain why. Uh, you know, there's other decisions out there. I think if we do a better job at that and we do a better job of explaining how this occurs, we're going to do better. Um, you know, this will not last forever. This is, you know, it will pass and it'll be a, you know, a footnote in history books, but we're in the midst of it now. And I'm not surprised um, based on our overall response that the virus is doing what it's doing because it's very predictable. I mean, you can tell, like I said, I can tell what's happening in the UK, and I know it's gonna happen here. And I almost wish people would say, hey, we're gonna have this many more cases and prepare people in advance, but there's for some reason people kind of dance around it. It might not be a, you know, a popular message, but we have to be honest, tell the truth so that people you know, understand what we're facing and what we're dealing with. Facts Over Fear is a KYW News Radio in-depth special presented by Independence Blue Cross. I'm Carol McKenzie. In part three of this special, we'll talk with Dr. Perry Halkidis. He's dean of the Rucker School of Public Health. We asked him about the public health challenges Omicron is laying bare in this country, and if we've learned anything in the last two years to make us more prepared to handle the next health emergency. You can listen now on the KYW News Radio in depth podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.